Well, hello. Hello there. Hello. Hello there, internets. Hi. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> welcome to Zombo. Zombo. Have a look around. Oh, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 219, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for watching on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment. Tonight, there will be some Star Trek. We read yeah. all Super Chats on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. And last but not least, if you want to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret live video after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. And hang out they do. And hang out they do. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Uh, how are you, Steve? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. A little tired, but you know I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I we're kind of chatting a little bit before it started, and I'm I'm graciously doing uh, dry January with my wife. <laughs> uh, so uh, tonight I'll be only drinking non-alcoholic beers. That's awesome. Uh, but but hopefully you know they're always interesting. I mean I'm not yeah. drinking like Odules or or the uh, these are craft. Okay, nice. Non-alcoholic beers. Nice. So so they'll be interesting. We'll see how they are. Yeah. No, I, I don't do much with the non-alcoholic beers, but I am all about non-alcoholic cocktails. Like, uh, oh. like, <laughs> like, like mocktails. And <clears throat> like that is my jam for like a 10 a.m. I need to pick me up. <laughs> so, so John gave me, uh, he had ordered that the three bottles of non-alcoholic, um, I think it was non-alcoholic gin. Oh, that's right. He got the, the three pack tequila. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got the three pack and the non-alcoholic whiskey. And he's like, I'm not going to drink this. You, you take it. Figure <laughs> out if you, if you can make something good with it. I've thought I, about I, I, getting into those a little bit. I, oh, okay. If you if you want a challenge mm -hmm. to to make them taste good, okay. Uh, you know that that would be something to try. Um, because I I the the whiskey one is kind of tolerable. I can do some some interesting stuff with that. Yeah. Uh, the tequila, I haven't found anything good with. Um, the gin's all right. It's just, you know, a heavily botanicaled yeah. type of, type um, of drink. So Greg over at How to Drink did a, uh, a couple of mocktail episodes. And in one mm. of them, he went a completely different direction because it wasn't a mock, it wasn't a, an alcohol substitute that was mm -hmm. trying to taste like whiskey or gin or vodka right. or something like that. It was just trying to be a botanical spirit, a, a non-alcoholic mm. botanical. And, oh, okay. and he goes, that one was surprisingly good. And, mm. and if you think about it, whiskey is whiskey. Like, it's a very yeah. broad boat. It, you know, it's a very yeah, large boat to hold all yeah. that whiskey. But whiskey is whiskey and rum is rum. And mm -hmm. we're very good at telling when something isn't what it says it is. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Your senses are very attuned. Yeah. I like when rather than trying to like substitute whiskey, 
just eliminate the whiskey and go another direction. And so just, just go for something very tasty, right. complex and and interesting. Right. You can do complex yeah. without having to have a gin drink. You can do, right. you know, a, a nice savory cocktail or mocktail right. without requiring scotch. And so yeah. that's always been my theory for mocktails. Um and, and my 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 theory on that too, or one of the best things I like to add for those type of things is fresh ginger. Yes, you get fresh ginger and and brew some fresh ginger liquid tea. Let it cool down. Mm-hmm. It it again, you're, you're not substituting any particular alcohol, but it provides a slight burn mm-hmm. that makes you think that you're drinking something alcohol. One of my go tos, and I, I've I've mentioned this one I know a number of times on the show is uh, cranberry juice and ginger beer to when I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to stop for a while or something like that, right. you know, I need to cool it. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Ginger beer is a, a great alternative. I, I do a lot of different mocktails with ginger beer. Um, I'll do a lot of different teas and, and start yeah. experimenting with, you know, adding, adding lemon and mint and, and whatnot to, to different tea combinations and oh, yeah. having fun with that. So like I said, it, I don't, if I want an old fashioned, I want an old fashioned. Yes, and not an old fashioned is not going to cut it. No, <laughs> so. that's, that's that's also my my philosophy with diet soda. I I just I just cannot take that diet flavor. I, yeah, I'm gonna anything diet soda, anything like, artificial sweetener wise, it's out. Yeah, I just yeah. I can't. I, I just I just rather drink less of the real thing. Yes, that's that's exactly my. <laughs> my thought as well yeah uh anyway uh why don't you go ahead and get to your introduction sure. uh because i left mine in the fridge so i'm gonna go grab that okay. really quick all right all right so uh first one right now is from two roots brewing company and it's called uh straight dank ipa and it is an na beer um it does not say it says it's a west coast style so it's not going to be a hazy uh, and it's got tons of Eureka and a splash of Comet infused hops. So this should be pretty interesting. I find that the hopped or the IPA style non-alcoholic ones are the best. Um, I also have a stout by uh, Athletic Brewing Company called All Out Extra Dark. Hmm. It doesn't say it's a stout or a porter. Uh, it just says dark. So I'm assuming it's going to be like a stout or a porter or something like that. And then, uh, could be a brown. just, yeah, or it could be brown. It just yeah. says, it just says extra dark. Yeah. I don't know. Um, then I have another one from athletic brewing called sunset stroke, which is another, uh, IPA. Although it does not say if it is a hazy or not. I had, I had an NA from, um, untitled art. That was an IPA, and I thought was was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Kind of like made me uh, remind my myself of, of an actual IPA. So <laughs> we'll see how these goes. I don't know. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what my second beer is yet. I'm going to make you sweat on it. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> I don't want to be too mean too quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, beer number one is from Block 15 down in Corvallis. Uh, it is their Cold Front Winter Lager. Uh, oh, so 6.5%. So actually kind of high yeah. for a lager. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've actually not had this one before. So I, I actually, even though I'm not drinking this month, I still went and picked up a couple of uh, four packs of beer that block 15. They were having a clear. And it just went all and... splody on me. So oh, let, me no. let me grab a towel real quick. 
Okay. Well, I'll finish my story then. Yeah, so I found a four-pack of the Block 15. They had a Christmas Spruce IPA, and that was an Imperial. And they also had an Imperial Red, I believe. And both were going for like $5 for a four-pack. Just absolutely great prices. And I'm like, I can't pass that up. I got to buy that. Even if I hate it, I still can't pass it up. Anyway, you sorry, you were saying you got uh, some Block 15 on the clearance? Oh, yeah. Absolutely um, great price. I picked these up for a dollar fifty a can. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's about that's about what these these came up at. Yep. Which I was quite happy with, or at least I was at the time. Let's see how they taste. And Block Fifteen is really decent. I've They're never really had a bad beer from Block Fifteen. Yeah, Sticky Hands is an excellent oh, excellent IPA. God, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just I've never had like I like absolutely hated it. Is usually either average or Man, this is great. Oh, fantastic, right. Or fantastic, yeah. Gone under my mouse, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you get your mouse all drunk. Luckily, it's a trackball, so. What? <laughs> it's a trackball mouse? Oh, okay. I thought she was, sorry. For some it's reason, not a ball like, mouse. Still, I thought I saw the ball mouse at the bottom. I'm like, <laughs> are, you still, are you still working on your retro PC? <laughs> is that what you Dang, you're gonna have to take the ball out and rub it with isopropyl. I still, I still have a ball mount. I've got a, so. I've got a couple. I've got yeah. a couple. So, yeah. uh, actually, I, I think my official count is up to three now. I, I have three Everyone. ball mice still. <laughs> Every once in a while, I like to go back there and fondle my mice, mice balls. That's right. Balls of my mice. Uh, never forget where you came from. <laughs> never. <laughs> Moral of today's story. Uh, we do have a couple super chats to get to right off the bat. Let me uh, scroll up and find those as I'm closing windows again by accident. Uh, starting with uh, Alex John sends over $20. Thank you very much, Alex. Wow. Thanks, Alex. Welcome to Talking Heads, your once we live show for beer and tech news. We talk beer, we talk tech, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Wars. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Now, you almost nailed the intro. Welcome to Talking Heads, your once-week live show for, late, for the latest in beer, pause, and tech news. It's it's a double entendre. It's meant, it's meant to be for your latest in beer and tech news. Uh, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. That is a very scripted intro. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, Alex was trying to get us to talk about Star Wars canon yet again, uh, which is a, a debate that which, really only Rhett and I have on the show. Uh, of like, I, I think Star Wars canon has kind of gone out the window a little bit, and that's kind of what I said last week too. Uh, yeah, I. I've been having a, a number of moments over the last couple of weeks that just cement for me that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Uh, have you? Have <laughs> Star you? Wars or, Star Wars or Star Trek? No one hates. They're, they're both, they're, no one hates Star Wars more than, more Star, than Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans. I, yeah. I didn't yeah. stutter. Um, yeah, okay. Because have you seen uh, the Book of Boba Fett? Have you been watching? Yes, yep. I have been watching the book. Of okay, have, have you caught up to episode three? I know episode four launched yep. earlier today. But, yep. Okay, yep. episode I, three. I, yeah. And I'm slight spoiler, more of just like a, a detail moment in there. Uh, the speeder bikes are all the, the swoops. <laughs> no, no, the the, the, the Vespas that they're the, the blinged out. They're scooters, Vespas. <laughs> right? <I know. laughs> uh, 
But when we think of swoop gangs in yeah. on Tatooine, we think of, yeah. you know, the old, you know, rusty choppers and whatnot. Yeah. yeah and yeah. these were young kids who were, for lack of better term, ricing up their, their swoops. I wouldn't even say that. They looked like they were 1950s greasers almost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but that was enough to throw the entire Star Wars Universal fan base into a tizzy fit over, that's not a swoop gang. Well, who are you to yeah. decide? <laughs> and for I mean, God's I, sakes, I, of all the things to tear apart within the Star Wars was, universe. It was it was silly. The swoops are much, the hill you're going to die on? There's been much more sillier things in Star Wars in the past, <laughs> so it's not it's not too crazy. Yeah. I mean... I mean, let, let's go over the weight coefficient of the people that were carrying the twins. Oh, yeah, I know. Those are some strong well, dudes. Y- y- you know... <laughs> it could have been 20 Gamorreans under the huts. And H- huts... And huts canonically, they should have crushed them. Still, they're most they're mostly hollow. They're they're like they're like flesh tubes. They're mostly filled with yeah, gas. Well, no, actually, canonically, is hut. Those are the wealthy huts. They're the fat ones, and their legs and limbs have have folded into themselves and whatnot. And it's a it's a sign of uh, it's a sign to be respected that you are that large because it means you have mm. servants to the wealth, yes. provide to you. It, it's the wealthy right. class that are the the big huttas. The big blessings. Um. But, uh, so canonically, each hut should weigh like 3,500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And they're being carried around by 10 skinny white guys? Like, I don't think so. Uh, they, they might have. Maybe like, the gravity's a little different on Tatooine. Mag, mag, mag lifts underneath the platform that they're sitting on? I don't know. Did you see the art, the bow in that thing, though? Like, I, I know. They put I some know. weight I was, into it. I was, I was thinking the same thing, too, but I'm like, this is science fiction. I can't. I can't nitpick that much into it. So I'm, I mean, I can, because it's fun. But So I saw those details, but you know what? It did not diminish one iota my enjoyment of the Book of Boba Fett thus far. I, I, I like it. Uh, I, I like Mandalorian a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still pretty good. It's, it's entertaining. I fully agree. Um, I like these little jaunts into stories that just haven't been told. And yeah, because in Star Wars every single character has not only a backstory but a destiny and everything else that has already been told you know in whatever form of literature yeah the fact that they're starting to explore some of these that's freaking awesome i mean we've got yeah. we've got obi-wan coming out with uh yep. ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen yep. reprising their roles yep. and ashaka has yep. been going to be uh uh, making appearances there as well, and we're going to see some of their story as told by competent dialogue writers. Uh, so I'm excited. You know, that kind of stuff is great. Yeah. And I think we're going to circle back around to this topic at the end of this show. Right. I, I can't wait for the the new series, Summer Camp Greedo. Um, <laughs> where Greedo cannot shoot anything yeah. at summer camp. <laughs> Uh, he could just never shoot first. He's always last in line. Until a young hotshot named uh, uh, yeah, Lando, named Lando, comes to town and teaches him how to shoot. Yeah, I want the animated series Star Wars Babies. <laughs> it's like the Muppet baby. Babies, just yeah, exactly. Because you know, Baby Chewie and Baby Han and Baby Luke. At the, the, the Dagobah daycare. <laughs> I can I can see it being a hit at Disney Plus, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
yet like all shows you're gonna learn to hate it yeah. oh yeah <laughs> like I'll, I'll all hate kids watch, shows I'll, i hate watch a lot of things <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's bad for my attitude, but I still do it. Cretton sends over a five dollar good day from uh, from the down under, uh, and we send one good right eye? back at you. Good night. Thank you very much, Cran. All right, uh, Steve, did you open your beer? Are we? I, oh, I did not. Okay, uh, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna try the two roots. I felt like there was something holding Great us dick. back, and I couldn't put my uh, finger on. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I love how you're just going, ah, what's the point? Uh, yeah, I'm not as excited to, to be drinking this. Actually, it's just not, it looks like a beer, you know? It doesn't smell as good as like a, an IPA. It kind of smells like hoppy, honeyed water. Let me taste this here. Um... God, I miss real beer already. It's not bad, but it is definitely lacking in something. It's lacking in body. The hops taste too um, grassy. It's there, and it's kind of dank, mm -hmm. but malt profile is missing. It's just, it's just like dink, dinky hop water. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a. I, w I didn't have high expectations for this, so it's okay. But for a lager, yeah. I'm digging the hell out of this one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'd take a nice lager right oh, now it's, too. <laughs> it's good. Um, six and a half percent. I mean, look at the color. That's it's nice. A super Beautiful. rich amber color. Yep. Um, molassesy color. Thick-bodied lager too. Um, yeah. Lots and lots of malt. Um, That's what I like in a lager. A nice malty lager. The yes it's a winter lager it's the perfect fireside beer this really oh, yeah. is this is fantastic yeah that, that's the only time i'll I, I really enjoy lagers if it's a nice thick bodied multi -lager. this one fits that bill yeah all right let's go ahead and get into the news starting with uh i refuse to say meta facebook uh, <laughs> that's right facebook's vr division which you may otherwise know as oculus uh is reportedly under investigation by the ftc now why mm -hmm. could that be a, a young upstanding company like like oculus and facebook uh well it appears that facebook may be manipulating and taking advantage of their market position uh when it comes to undercutting competition in selling headsets and locking people into a games uh, store. Uh, what? Yeah, it's a, like a little bit of, uh, you know, intimidation going on. Yeah. They're, um, they're like, uh, it'd be a shame if I broke all your virtual items. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be a shame if I virtually set fire to your virtual house. It's a nice virtual apartment you got here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Here's here's the deal. As as a company, you are allowed to market, produce, sell, uh, procure, however you want, for the most part, goods and services. Um, that is, if you are a company that makes VR headsets, uh, you're allowed to produce whatever you want for a vr headset you're allowed to sell it as a vr headset you're allowed to sell it for whatever markup or or you know lots that you want um 
let's compare this over to game consoles. Let let's say Sony versus Microsoft because they yeah. they tend to ping pong on the uh, oh, yeah. insane hardware value versus like let's just get them a console and and make sure it, it's good enough. Uh, remember, the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. when they launched, were more powerful than most gaming PCs of yeah, the day. Yeah, it was. For at least, like, six months. You know, it, it was a little bit of catch-up. it was a couple months. Yeah. yeah. There was a little... Um, there was a little bit of catch-up on the PC market. Now, that was right at the end of the GeForce FX line. Yeah. The much maligned GeForce FX line of cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right before they dropped the FX line, because or the FX name because it was so terrible and just called yeah. it GeForce. Um, yep. Yeah, that was a time. Uh, but the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 were both sold at a loss uh, basically to get people a console to get them into the ecosystem so they could right. sell them software, which is a yeah. viable strategy when you're in the market. Mm-hmm. What is not a viable strategy when you're in the market is simply selling for a loss because you know you can afford to do so. Um, is undercutting your competition at every turn and paying out exclusivity deals for for game studios to produce for only your library when you're yeah. also undercutting the hardware. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing out of Oculus. There, if you look at competing VR devices. What do you get for three hundred dollars? The answer is nothing. Yep. Uh, the device. Right. Uh well, you don't even get the device for three hundred dollars. Like you have to look over at um God, the HTC what is it, the the I forget the name of HTC's most recent one. Uh Focus or whatever. Their standalone oh, the their their standalone VR headset is like $700 for not even equivalent hardware. You don't even get full inside out tracking. You, you get, uh, rotational geometry tracking on your, your handset, right? But you don't have inside out tracking for six degrees of freedom. You can't move the controller. Uh, so, and that's what HTC is putting out to make a profit or, or, you know, skirting the line between profitability as we know with HTC. Uh, you've got other companies. You've got... Uh, uh, gosh, now I'm drawing a blank on like every VR company. Um, <laughs> you've got the Windows Mixed Reality headsets, which didn't do terribly well in market, but honestly were a fantastic value. But when you consider yeah. what what compromises the the Windows Mixed Reality headsets did from HP and Lenovo and LG and Samsung and, and the list goes on. Um, at the three to $400 price point that they were being sold at versus what you're getting mm. with an Oculus Quest 2. Right. You can start to see where Oculus might just be selling at a loss to get you into their ecosystem. The other side of that is they're saying, well, we have the largest ecosystem, so we're going to go and undercut all the competition on the software side of things as well. Mm-hmm. When you do that, that's called Monopoly <laughs> and not the board game. Yeah. Uh, so while you are allowed to uh, use whatever business practices you want to utilize uh, to further your company, to increase your your user uh, stakeholder, you know, whatever, 
you also cannot fall into monopolistic practices based on the size and reach of a parent company, for example. And I think Facebook might just be flirting with that line. Hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. The FTC is aware. They're just keeping an eye out. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. The FTC is aware. We'll see if the FTC still has any teeth. Yeah. Well, I'm not really aware of any... I mean, maybe I haven't really been paying attention to the, the software on the VR side of things, but I don't know of any Oculus exclusivity that's got anybody kind of chomping at the bit. At least not that I'm aware of anyway. Not, it's not the big ones. It's a lot of the little studios that they're, they're mm-hmm. reaching out to and saying, kind of like Epic Games is doing, where mm-hmm. we'll give you a million dollars uh to release only on our platform and they're like hell we were hoping for 500,000 in revenue like yeah we'll take that plus the game sales um and uh epic games can do that because they're not in the position of a monopoly they're in the position of actually playing underdog to steam and origin and the microsoft store and everything else um and when you're trying to get a market base that's one way to do it and and again you can utilize that tactic so long as you are not the dominant party yeah. in the environment. And 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 most of the games that they do have, it's mostly timed exclusivity. It's not full right. Exclusivity. Yeah, it, it's we'll we'll pay you to be exclusive on our platform for twelve months. Yeah. Um, and and that's not really seen as you know limiting users and whatnot. No. Otherwise, it's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying to some you know people who don't like Epic or don't like using their platform but are really looking forward to a game, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. then they got to wait a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, 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 I don't think they have, but maybe like a couple of absolutely exclusive games to their platform. Not that many really. Right. Um, Fortnite, obviously. Um, yeah. Well, Fortnite, uh, there's a number of others. Uh, they did that with Borderlands 3. Uh, that, that that was an timed, epic. Though. That was a timed exclusivity, yeah. and I think that one was even only six months. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, but that was their game plan. Uh, yeah. And they're also giving away free games every week, and that's another part of their mm-hmm. game plan. But if oh, yeah. if you look conversely, Steam has the Steam sale where they regularly give you ninety oh, yeah. percent off AAA titles. You know, oh, yeah. three four times a year, and so oh, yeah. that's their game plan. And so mm-hmm. the market is balanced in that sense. In that, it's a lot. There's a lot more competition than just Steam anymore. Right, and and Steam wasn't actively trying to squash Epic either. Correct. Yeah. Right. As Facebook, as already the dominant player in the VR space, and you could argue that. Yes, Valve also has uh, some skin in that game on both the software and hardware side, but Oculus has the lion's share when it comes to uh, the entry level, when it comes to the non-enthusiast. I mean, you're looking $300 all in for a complete VR package that you can play most AAA titles on, uh, including streaming from your PC through Steam service if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus... Steam, which has really gone, or Valve, which has really gone after the enthusiast crowd, notice that the Valve Index starts at $1,000 oh, yeah. for their headset and, and setup. Um, and is, 
you know, not even arguably better in pretty much every facet, except for the fact that it's not wireless. Uh, But it's a different market. It's a different segment that they're targeting. You're going for high enthusiast level. Right. Um, Whereas when the Quest is that accessible, when the Quest is a third the price of most flagship phones, that puts it almost down towards impulse purchase or, you know, quarterly present to myself kind of territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, $300 is, is fairly accessible that's, for most that's people. That's cheap. That is cheap. Right. I mean, that's cheaper than modern it's consoles. It's cheaper than the consoles, cheaper, right. Yeah. Uh, and then you tie in that that system is a closed ecosystem that Facebook also buys out exclusivity for games to be produced on, mm-hmm. you can start to see where this might be a problem in the FTC's eyes. We shall see what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. it looks like it's just in the investigation stage right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things we saw coming, <laughs> uh, NFTs. Let's oh, talk yeah. NFTs. Always, always a topic of joy i can't believe i have to talk about this <laughs> god. god it's so stupid uh, i know this is dumb nfts I, will I, find I, a new way to monetize things for creators um uh, if you want to give creators money then how about just give them money just giving them money or yeah you know how about you know commissioning something from them like if you yeah. want a pc from me i'll sell you a pc Oh yeah, you're not gonna like my hourly rate, but I'll freaking do it. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, I'm not gonna give you hardware. uh, Yeah, but you know, I am a business. I my ear is open to make money, and so if you want to support me as an artist, as a creator, as a whatever, like my business contact is open. You can hit me on Twitter. You can, you know, there are ways to contact me if you want to buy goods or services from me. NFTs is, gosh, I've heard so many inappropriate analogies for how to explain <laughs> NFT, and I'm not sure which one to use here. We we had we had I thought we had a pretty good analogy last time we talked, which is basically like you know when you're buying those bricks for yeah I, uh, I think that's for, the best analogy. Like, when you're going to a project, but you don't even own the brick right. at that point. You're just like right. you just be able to point at it and say, yeah, that's mine. Mitch Hedberg, don't even act like it didn't got by that donut. I got the documentation <laughs> right here. Yeah. Oh wait, it's back home in the file under D for donut for donuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a receipt for a brick that you don't own. Uh, yes, exactly. And which. Who knows if that actually compensates the artist who inscribed the brick? Like yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know. Um, and so it is such a weird speculative market bubble that feels even dirtier than Beanie Babies. But <laughs> here's the here's the thing we all saw coming: that if all it is is a digital transaction receipt of yes, I own an interest. Not even an interest in the the art itself, but I simply own the QR code that leads to this thing. Like, I think that's the best analogy. I own the QR code that sends you to this link. <laughs> right. Uh, then uh, things we saw coming are, well, artists getting their likeness ripped off and NFTs sold of them. Yeah. Uh, 
And weirdly enough, a lot of Pierce has kind of become the figurehead of this. Like it's, it's weird. Um, so, uh, she's been very outspoken against NFTs and, and people selling them and potential abuse of the system and things like that. Um, if you don't know who Alana Pierce is, former IGN writer and personality, uh, and she has her own YouTube channel. It's a fantastic channel. Um, she does a lot of game reviews, a lot of, a lot of let's plays and streams. Great, great view every once in a while. Um, well, she kind of ran into this thing. Crap. None of the tweets are loading in now. Um, oh. here, uh, this is Alana's tweet from earlier in the week and I'll just let the top of it speak for itself. Um, in extremely predictable news, I've just been informed that somebody has taken an image of me, Alana Pierce, uh, that I own, added a trademarked porn logo to it, and minted it to sell for a profit as an NFT. Naturally, I was not asked for permission. Yeah. So, and she says right there, cannot wait for the lawsuits, but who is she going to sue? Right. Uh, you know, there, there's this one. Uh, Gaming Ghoul was also ripped off. Um... Uh, people inquired to, to her for, uh, um, doing things earlier. Oh, no, it was, and, or, uh, it was, it was Jim, Jim, Jim Yeah. Jim Quisition. Yeah, Jim Quisition. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking one name and then reading the, the tweet at the same time. Um, yeah. Jim Position being ripped off, uh, uh, of their image and, and whatnot. And the list goes on and on. I mean, every single one of these is a, is an NFT tweet. Uh, this one was probably my favorite though. Uh, experiencing a loss of taste, you may have COVID or NFTs. <laughs> Got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, but uh, if it's not traceable and not ownable, then how can you be sure that the artist actually gets compensated? How right. can you be sure that the NFT that you're buying had the permission of the original artist like you don't unless yep. it comes from the original artist in which case just commission me for a picture a or piece of artwork yeah a, a artwork or whatever like you want a, a Jordy LaForge mask like that's my Twitter profile picture right now is me wearing my my Jordy LaForge mask I'll sell you one you're not gonna like the price because I'm quite expensive uh but if you want me to make you that same thing, I'll do it. Yeah. Or yeah, I'll sell you an gonna, NFT of that image. I, I mean, can take it. Yeah, you can take a picture. Why of it. not? All right. At this there point. You go. Yeah. I'll give you a QR code to it. There you go. That, that's all I ask in return, Steve. Well, you Just can, a QR you can code. Take, you, you can take 360 degree pictures of it. Then you'll have 360 different pictures that you could sell. Well, all I did was of your visor. Well, all I did was print an <laughs> STL, so it seems like we're going in reverse now. <laughs> I mean, I did source 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 the uh, the brass bars that are you know it's actual brass that that's on the yeah. front of it. Uh, polished them all up. Uh, source the uh, retro reflective red dots that go on the side. Oh, yeah, yeah you tell me all about that. Yeah, yeah. like had, in depth. Yeah, uh, had to order those from. Like you think it's like oh yeah it's just like a reflective red dot. No, it's like it has a pattern to it, and you have to get the pattern right. And the only place that I could find anything that was even remotely close to that pattern, mm -hmm. I had to special order three sheets of paper from Taiwan and wait three months to get. 
Like, it was a process, okay? Yeah, hell yeah. That's dedication, too. Right. I want to get it right. Yeah. So, don't buy NFTs. Don't buy into speculative market bubbles, especially when you see that they're genuinely just speculative market bubbles. This is not financial advice, but can we be real? If this was about supporting artists, you can commission artists. I think that's my overwhelming point. Most artists will say, yeah, I'll I'll make it. Right. And they'll give you a price. Right. And that's the price. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like I said, if you want me to build you a computer, I can build you a computer, Uh but it's... It's going to come at a price. So yeah. that's my way of like heating off all the like, I'll give you $100 to build me a computer <laughs> that I will I inevitably like- have to sift through tomorrow morning. D-, D has a good explanation. NFT is like having the marriage certificate to your mail order bride who left for Vegas five years ago. Right. I technically, <clears throat> can I say own that? <laughs> <laughs> own that, yeah. <laughs> is, is that PC? <laughs> chose her out in the catalog took her ship took took receipt of the crate you know took it left yeah <laughs> you're full of energy oh man you shouldn't be full of energy still we're gonna we're just just have her host do you come say hi to everyone uh-huh. all right Arr! A little bit. Hi. <laughs> hey, can you have one of those headphones? Oh, yeah. I can give you one of these headphones. Mm-hmm. All right. Co-hosting is little bit. Oh, where's your ear at? <laughs> I, I can't find it. Your hair is in the way. Hello. Why are you both up? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Give me hugs. Thank you. Oh. Wait, what are you doing, Mean Daddy? That'd be cool. What are we doing? I don't know what we're doing anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I want to talk to everybody. You want to talk to everybody? Say, say, welcome to Craft Computing. Welcome to Craft Computing. There you go. There we go. Wow, that's great. Nicely done. Bump it. You're going to take over your daddy's job pretty soon. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. She's all full of energy. She didn't get mad. <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Your show got raided in a different way. Yeah. The best possible kind of raid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's so much fun. Uh, but... On a live show, it's also so nerve-wracking that it's like, yes. they're just going to say something. Like, I know they're going to yeah. say something. <laughs> I pooped my pants, Dad. Right, like I'm waiting for, you know, I, I just peed all over the stairs. or I... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> something. Mommy got into the cocaine again. My stash. Mother. <laughs> Let's hear her opinion on NFTs. <laughs> Let's hear her opinion on NFTs. You buy on the short. 
Buy low, sell high. <laughs> Tell daddy build me a computer. Uh, I've already done one of those. Yeah. I built I built a computer for my wife, but now my son just uses it. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> it, it's cool now. It's awkward in the after party when computing is four to five beers deep. Hey, three <laughs> to four beers deep in the after party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, yeah. Japan may have an interesting model for getting you a next-gen graphics card. Oh, yeah. If you thought opening up uh, loot crates from CSGO was exciting, just wait till you see what Japan has Just wait for till us. you see actual loot crates. Yeah. Tell me how this isn't gambling. <laughs> Lucky box loot crates. Well, this is a raffle. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. See, see I guess that's the, the key word that the the game developers didn't key in on was raffle because if it's gambling it's illegal but you can yeah. buy a raffle ticket at age five yeah that's okay right they sell they sell them at a lot of like uh sell them at carnivals kids, kids school school right. fairs and stuff like that right. yeah i mean hell that's how scholastic still exists as a company oh yeah it's just let's put it let's put it in the raffle <laughs> if you sell 38 books we'll Put you in a drawing to win this stuffed bear. Yeah. You, you and a have, hat. You can have a box of pencils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with this one, this particular one, uh, they have, I, I believe it's going for about 100 bucks. And uh, you buy this box, and it has different percentages for having a potential graphics card. And I think... There's a potential that there's, like, nothing in there, I believe. Yeah, according like to art, the retail art. page, the mystery boxes, there's a 16% chance of getting a Maxwell series card and or an AMD Radeon RX 300. So we're talking RX 360, 370, 380, 390. Um, or sorry, R9 or even R7 because they don't exclude R7 from the nomenclature back then. Uh, so it was R7 350 360 or R9 370-380-390. Um, 8% chance of getting a GeForce 10 Pascal or Radeon RX 500 Polaris or Vega Series graphics card. 4% chance of a Turing 20 Series or RX 5000 RDNA 1. And a 2% chance of an RTX 30 uh, Ampere or RX 6000 RDNA 2 Series. The boxes contain up to RTX 3090s and 6900 XTs. Yeah. Um, you notice that there's a 70% chance of getting some other shit. Not not 100%. Which that is Kepler a, or a, lower. <laughs> that means there's a 30% chance you get nothing. <laughs> I, I, or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe dog do. I have no idea. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's not it's not 100 percent that you're gonna get something well, it's 24 28 30 no that adds up to 30 okay so there's a hundred percent chance you oh, get I a see. graphics card, a card. but okay, there's a 70 percent chance it's a steaming pile of crap yes exactly and, and by the way 900 series graphics card does not exclude a gtx 950 like let's be clear about the what, yeah nine series yeah this yeah, is not necessarily includes. a 980 ti Right. Yeah. 
Not even probably not even nine seventy. Yeah, nine fifty is is definitely within the realm of possibility. Right. So you and that's only and it's only a sixteen percent possibility that you get that good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's an eighty six percent chance you get a nine series or lower. Let's put it that way. So that while the temptation is probably there, it's like you're going to be disappointed. Your your hundred bucks could end up getting you something that is definitely not worth hundred yeah. bucks. Um. You know, I I need to look into the legality of running a raffle on my channel. Um, I don't do giveaways. I, I just flat out don't do giveaways. There are so many... I won't say I won't ever do a giveaway, but I will never do regular giveaways. I, I don't... It's, it's, a, it's a big headache. It's, it's a, a giant headache. headache. There's so many narcissistic, it's all about me people out there that yeah. make it so not fun to do anything. When I give things away, I much rather, uh, years ago I was on a Reddit forum and some, some guy in France asked a question and said, Hey, how can I water cool an RX 480? I have an RX 480. How can I water cool it? And the PC master race being what they are, no offense to Pedro, by the way, you're a great guy, but um the pc master race hive mind jumped on that question and said well that's just stupid why would you water cool an rx 480 there are so much better uses of your money you can like like just hounded on this guy he had he had 30 responses and every single one of them was you're an idiot this is dumb this This is dumb dumb. it's like well maybe an rx 480 is the best card that he can afford because three hundred dollars in water cooling is still cheaper than a nine hundred dollar graphics card, and maybe he wanted to practice on a cheaper card before he went and potentially ruined a good card. Right? Um, Who knows what his reasons are? Right? There are his reasons. Yeah, I, I've water cooled lesser rigs before because mm-hmm. they run quieter. Like yeah. that was the whole goal, <laughs> and and yeah. so I I don't begrudge anyone the question of how can I do this because sometimes the answer is because I can. And you're not that person. It's not your money. It's up to them to determine whether or not it's a value situation. And uh, so anyway, I got on there and I said, well, depending on what card it is, there's a couple of different blocks that you can get. EK or not EK. uh, 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 Alpha Cool makes a couple of universal blocks. They also make a series of of universal blocks that will tie into full to full coverage uh, water cooling systems if you have a compatible card. And I said, so what What car, What car? RX 480 do you have? And he goes, oh, I have uh, this one from XFX. I happened to have the same XFX card and I happened to have bought a water cooler for it like a year earlier. And I used the card uh, mainly as a VR rig uh, in the living room. And I I eventually stumbled on a GTX 1080 and upgraded the rig and, and got a new water cooler. So I used a water cooler on it for like six months, but then the block just sat there. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I have that exact same card. What's your address? I'll send it to you. You know why I did that? Because that guy can use it. Yeah. Because I'm not just like throwing a graphics card into the wind. And I have nothing against people who run giveaways at all. But it's the back and forth with the community it's the people who follow you just for the giveaway it's the it's that community that follows i i'd rather a little natural growth and have an enthusiastic community 
you're not going to get a natural growth on that because those people are just there for the giveaway. Right. And the chances of them coming back or engaging in a video at all. Or yeah, and then you're not going to have you're going to have bigger numbers, mm -hmm. but lower engagement. Right. So it's that's not really indicative of a good good method of growing yeah. a channel or growing a community. I I think it can bring a community to you, but there has to be it more could. to it than just I'm giving crap away. Oh yeah. Cuz giving crap away unless you're uh Integza is not a sustainable business model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Um So yeah, I I don't do giveaways and it's not because I don't think you guys are worthy of giveaways. It's because of all the other crap that comes with giving things away. Um, yeah. But that's besides the point. I wonder the legality of me running a raffle like this mm -hmm. of, hey, buy a $10 raffle ticket. I'll sell you an RTX 3090 or, a, or an RX 300. Or R mm. RX, you know, 6900 XT or, you know, Something like, like I have some graphics cards that I'm not mm -hmm. using that are pretty good graphics cards that I don't necessarily need to hang oh, yeah. on to. And I don't want to sell them for, like, I don't want to be seen as scalping because. Right. No. Or just, or just uh, yeah, flood, or yeah, you're taking advantage of the, of the market. But. Basically. I don't think a raffle would be taking advantage of the market, but I could also seriously profit from that. In a similar depending, fashion, depending on how popular it gets, right? I mean, a raffle could net you more than what it's worth. It could net you less. You don't really right. know, right? Exactly. And and you know, if I sell two hundred tickets, well, hell, that's two thousand dollars. That's mm -hmm. you know beyond the retail price right now of a sixty nine hundred XT. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't feel dirty because I only sold this card for ten dollars instead of two thousand dollars. Right. In reality, so yeah, like. Uh, I, I know there's jurisdictions to, to keep in mind. I know there's, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different things, but yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll look into doing a couple graphics card raffles. You could try doing the mystery box like these guys. I don't know about a mystery <laughs> box. Mystery <laughs> oh, trust me. I got some shit I could give away. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's one way of just getting rid of a lot of the crap that you have there. You don't need. Yeah. <laughs> You could have something really you good. You could get a 3090. You could get an MX440. Who knows? You don't know. You never know. <laughs> it's technically lower than a Maxwell card. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Raffle some NFTs. Could donate to a charity yeah. auction. I've considered doing that as well. I've considered doing uh, charity auctions and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, and the Atom board goes too. <laughs> Uh, well played and topical. Thank you, Skull. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the Adam board. Well, I'm done with my first NA beer. Uh, I'm almost done with uh, with my first. Oh, okay. So, well, I'm going to crack this one open. Go for it. Uh, I think by the time uh, you're done, I can uh, crack my next one. Well, <laughs> I already know. I'm already jealous of just of just your lager. So uh, whatever you come up with next, I'm, I'm definitely going to be jealous. I'm going to try the All Out Extra Dark from Athletic Brewing. Um, now, John says that, that when he had his whole month of just drinking NA beers, uh, he said that Athletic was his favorite, or one of his favorites. Yeah. He thought that they kind of made the best craft. Uh, and I've heard that NA from more beers. people than just John, too. So. Yeah. So we'll see how this one goes. I mean, it looks like a nice, thick-headed... 
dark stouty beer. Oh yeah. Uh, do you have a fla- do you have a phone next to you? I want to see if you can shine a light through that. Oh yeah, I got. We have to do John's test. We have to. The John's. That's impressive. Not bad. That's genuine. Like like on the on the edge, you can kind of see it starting to you refract can see a little on the bit. Edge, yeah. But in the center, that's gone. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> You know, it smells pretty good. It smells super chocolatey. Nice. Not too, not too bad. Not too bad aroma. It smells better than the IPA did. That's for sure. <laughs> mm. Oh wow! Yeah. This, this, outside of the body being really thin, this tastes like a really good stout. Nice. It's got some roasty, dark, chocolatey notes to it. Um. I mean, it's like it's like not as good as like say, like a black beef porter or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's 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 around that that uh, taste. But flavor wise, it's not letting you down. No, flavor wise, it's not letting. Okay, you yeah, down. not bad. Yeah, uh, thick body is definitely something that's very hard to emulate, it replicate. Is. This, yeah, that's that's the thing I've seen with with all of the NA beers I've had. It's just they're always thin. Yes, they don't have that that thick mouthfeel. Right. They don't got that booty. No. But flavor-wise on this one, I'm 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 actually quite impressed with it coming up to taste like an actual stout. Nice. All right. Uh, well, give me thirty seconds here because I'm gonna go okay. grab my next beer out of the fridge. All right. Go for it. I gotta see. Uh, I'll give the description of this this NA beer. Uh, this is um. We're pioneering a craft beer revolution. Oh, no, wait. This is just a description about their company, not the beer itself. I was hoping to see what exactly they wanted to call the style. It doesn't say whether it's a porter or a stout. So I guess I don't really know. It just says extra dark. Extra dark. Extra dark. All right. Um, So what I have next is technically a porter. Um, let me see if I can get you to guess this one. Uh, technically a porter. It's a porter. Uh, it is sold in a one pint. So it's a one pint can. 9.5%. Okay. <clears throat> okay the only porter that it's a, I it's know. It's a high of. porter. Yeah. I, well, I know, I know, uh, M does the it's a porter they're pirate no pirate, pirate, no, stouts. pirate stouts yeah it's stouts. pirate stouts. Stout. Stout. Yeah. no they, but they did the, they did the abbey porter that that's right that's right yeah, yeah i forgot about that one porter. i think that was an A-O. um yeah yeah uh this one's huh, from no. matchless okay matchless i get mixed mixed results yeah. from matchless yeah we'll um see. this one i have high hopes for okay uh hops are warrior hops okay uh, they actually have the grain bill in here, which is pale really? oak smoked wheat, chocolate, and uh, black. Ooh. The descriptors is better than a stack of flapjacks. Oh, so uh, it's it's going to be a maple based porter. Yes, it's not it's not a uh, great notion, is it? It's not great notion. Okay, I was going to say great this notion. is matchless. Oh, matchless. Um, I have no idea. Oh, that's the one that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Matchless all smoked stack. Barrel-aged smoked maple porter. 
Yeah, that sounds super interesting. Yeah. I I'm I'm super curious to see what you think of this. Yeah. Uh so I always talk really high about my local grocery store uh as being a a pretty relevant bottle shop uh, or competent bottle shop. They had this. They had 2021 Bourbon County Stout. Uh they had 2019 and 2021 Abyss. They had uh War Tortoise. Mm. Uh, they had, and this is all on the same trip. And that's war, war tortoise from uh, Lewitt, right? Lewitt, yeah. Yes. Uh, so I went to the store for butter <laughs> and <laughs> butter and something else. <laughs> like a, yeah. I think we might have been out of salt. <laughs> and, <laughs> $250 later. Wow. <laughs> so I bought six of the Berman County Stouts. I bought two right. War Tortoises. I bought two of these. I bought, oh, uh, uh, gosh, what is that? The Tenfitty Stout. Oh, Tenfitty's good. Yeah, yeah Tenfitty had their Stout out in a four-pack. So I, I bought that. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like ah, uh, hi, honey, I'm home. When, when your when your wife sends you out to get groceries, don't go past the beer aisle. Yeah, stay away from the beer Today, aisle. Today she specifically <laughs> sent me down the beer aisle because she wanted some cider, and I'm like, are you sure that's a good idea? You yes, saw my idea. last shopping trip. <laughs> oh man, that looks thick. See, yep. that's that's the difference between not yours terribly and mine. thick. Actually, it I this one looked a little thinner to me. Interestingly enough. Does it smell smoky? Doesn't really smell all that smoky. Hmm, okay. Um, that maple is in there. It, it's mm. not. It's not hitting you right up top. It, it's right. you got to dig for the maple a little bit. Uh, Austin asks, "Where do I shop?" I also live in Portland. Uh, there are two main bottle shops that I go to. There's John's Marketplace uh, up uh, near Terwilliger. Uh, and then there's, That's, oh yeah, uh, Terwilliger Broadway, whatever. It's the, off of Multnomah. Multnomah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, there's John's Marketplace. Uh, and then there's uh Capital Market down in Salem. Mm -hmm. Uh, those are the two that I, the actual bottle shops that I frequent. Um. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am certifiable. Austin uh, Roths is usually has a nice selection of IPAs. Yeah, Roths is also a fantastic stop. Yeah. Um uh local IGA, well was local IGA recently bought by a Canadian conglomerate. That's um, right. Is it thicker than KBS? Um Ooh. I think mean, you haven't taken a sip yet, I have I'm I'm enjoying yeah. the nose. <laughs> Just tickles the nose hairs. It does. It, it's Just... pleasant. It's like uh it's like your nose hairs are taking a, a dip into some maple syrup. <laughs> Good. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna need that. You know, I could just go upstairs and get some maple syrup, <laughs> and then dump it in here, smoke a cigarette. And just, you know, um, I'm gonna get, get the same thing. <laughs> it's not really all that smoky. Um, okay. 
Let me now. Well, now I'll again, do, I'll just do one cigarette. Not a because whole it's a porter. I kept it cold. I didn't let it warm up before for the hour before right. I opened it. I wanted this one to be served cold because I wanted the full evolution. With stouts, you okay. can start with them at fifty and and let them warm up to yeah. sixty five. Yep, yep. With porters, I want to start colder. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this one, all I'm getting is really just that. Maple. Light bodied maple syrup. Um, <laughs> thinking, thinking, thinking. Spinning wheel, spinning Tastes wheel. like pancakes. I mean, just like oh, yeah. straight up, like that's what it is. It says barrel aged, barrel aged smoked maple porter. I'm guessing the smoke will come out later. I'm guessing the smoke will come out as it warms up a little bit. Um, and probably more chocolatey flavors too, I would think, because usually with porters. There is some chocolate there. There, There is some okay. some bitter dark chocolate notes there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, chocolate chip pancakes with nice. with a light-bodied maple syrup. It, it, it ain't no, you know, Mrs. Buttersworth, you know, thick, right. you know. This is uh, a gourmet thing thinner warmed up maple syrup mm-hmm. this is this is ihop on a sunday morning okay. maple syrup because i have seen those cans at my local liquor store uh more than i don't know it's it's like you went twofer at ihop and you went maple syrup and butter pecan that's what i'm getting okay okay sounds good i like a butter pecan yeah no that there there's definitely notes of butter in there there's there's lots of good stuff in there I'm digging that. And I think I'm going to dig it more as the night goes on. <laughs> and you said it's like, what, 9%? Uh, 9.5, yeah. 9.5? Yeah. Yes, 9.5. Yeah. Okay. Um, Magic Rat sends over $10. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, always thankful for an excuse to drink too much on a work night. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I did this show fully employed for three years. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of drinking too much on a work night. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. You can sleep in tomorrow. Your boss says you can't. My boss? Yeah, now. Yeah. Now I've got Thursdays penciled out in the morning. Like, like let, <laughs> let's roll in at a loose 11 is kind of my Thursday schedule. <laughs> Rhett knows he doesn't have to do anything till 11 on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that's just wonderful. It <laughs> it's like breakfast, but drinking. That's yes, like <laughs> I I know I'm breakfast. supposed to wax poetic about the deep, like all all the layers of flavors that are going on. This is a beer that really doesn't make you think, but it it is really just what's right there. What's on it, the label? It's yeah. a little bit of chocolate from the porter. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm guessing some smoke will come out. There's, you don't really taste any bourbon or barrel or oak or anything like that. Right. Except just in the late aftertaste. Okay. Like, well after, like, a minute after I've taken a drink, my mouth just tastes just a little bit oaky. Um, and it's not a bad flavor at all. And, and in fact, the maple is still there too. But you get, like, this little reminiscence of, 
the LaCroix of barrel aged. Uh, <laughs> just the, but just I mean that in the best possible way. Um, <laughs> the, sh- the shadow of a fart of some sort. Right. But yeah. this is a beer that's exactly what it says right here. It is a barrel aged smoked maple porter. Mm-hmm. All the flavors are there. They're not really making me dig for them. Um, it's just wonderful. I'm good. I like it. I'll have to go keep an eye out. Get it. Try it. Once February comes around. Yeah. Let's get into some beer news now that uh, we've hmm. cracked open our second ones. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, Harley sends over a $5 super chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harley. Kind sir. Uh, still nursing the 13.5% barley wine from the beginning of the show. Ooh. Oh, nice. You have Steve's attention. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good barley wine. I do. Oh, uh, there was a barley wine that came up on Travor. That I uh, it was a fruited barley wine, which I have never had. Really, I've never seen a fruited. But it was a strawberry barley wine. Did John make it? I was just gonna say it's a, it's a John style. It's got whole strawberries, whole strawberries. still in there. Yeah, you got to kind of shake the bottle while you're pouring. <laughs> you take a fork, get the chunks out first. John's like to make John likes to make his beer Heinz style, where you have to take a knife, and yeah. scrape around. <laughs> Extra, extra thick. Sorry, John. It's a it's a it's a jammy beer, but you have to jam it up after you pour all the fruit out. It still needs to be muddled. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be, yeah, you gotta take a muddle through it. Speaking of beer news, <laughs> Monster is uh, getting into the craft beer business. Ah, yeah. Well, their cans already look like a beer can anyway, so you know. They really do. Well, well, really, that was the mark of the devil, you know. The... Yeah. Oh, no. I, what was it? Was it the mark of the devil? I thought it was the, it was the beast. Mark, mark of, of the, the beast. beast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The three lines, mark of the beast, the, three lines, the claws. It's supposed to 666 in Hebrew or something yes, like that. Yes. What was it? What was it? <laughs> All right, yep. Karen. Uh, every time I drink one. It's I, not my I fault your husband like... left you. I do feel like making Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't take that and use that as a marketing. Seriously. Yeah. It's like, hey, are you Armageddon some monster energy drink? Ar- Ar- Armageddon some monster. <laughs> unleash the beast. Yeah, unleash the beast. <laughs> So for those who don't know, Coca-Cola is the parent company of Monster Energy Drinks. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, between Pepsi and Mountain Dew, uh, where Pepsi owns the Mountain Dew company. And Mountain Dew, as some of you may or may not know, was one of the original moonshine mixers marketed oh, as wow. such. Uh uh, Mountain Dew apparently is flirting with uh, sending out an alcoholic beverage of their own. Uh, but Monster is said to be entering a deal with craft beer brands where they would purchase Cigar City, Oscar Blues, Deep Ellium, Perrin Brewing, Squatters, and Wasatch Brewing. Uh, as as well as the affiliated restaurants with all of those. Uh, so it'd be a pretty... Good little holding. I mean, Oscar Blues makes some really good stuff. Cigar City oh, yeah. is Cigar one City that I've makes seen. some good stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not 
familiar with Perrin Brewing, but I've heard of Squatters and Wasatch both. Um, I've had some Wasatch. Yeah, uh, um, D- Deep Ellum. Eh, I don't. I don't think I've heard of them. But this would not be a a bad little start if you're looking to get into the craft oh, beer yeah. market. Uh, I mean, as long as they, you know, don't don't uh, don't poke their nose in there too much and kind of leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't see any problem. Yes, yeah, Cigar City is is a real good one. I've been to their brewery uh, quite a few times. Um, Oscar Blues definitely is a super popular one. You can get just yes. about anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I those are those are some good good gets. I would say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we've talked about this before about conglomerates taking over craft breweries, and there's this outcry from. I'll just say hipsters. Uh, like, well, now the man owns it, so I don't want anything to do with it. You know, I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth, and I'm not one to not drink a beer just because so-and-so owns it. Yes. Uh, I enjoy the craft of beer, and as long as the craft stays in the beer, right. I'm totally fine, regardless of how many barrels they produce a year. Yeah. Uh, that. That was that was one of the big initial fears when you know, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, where a lot of craft breweries started getting bought up. Ten barrel, one being ten barrel, yeah. yeah. People are like, oh, it's going to be commercialized. They're going to change their formula. It's going to be not good. But ten barrel still cranks out really. Ten good barrel, stuff. Elysian, like Elysian, Elysian definitely still like like like. Uh, think about some of the big names that are here in the Northwest and the big names that have been taken over by InBev, Coors, mm. etc we still hold them in high esteem as craft breweries. Oh yeah. Goose Island. People still Goose Island. their, their it's Goose, an Goose Island is, product. Is InBev, it's an InBev product and they still do their yearly release and people still go nuts for them. Right. And so as long as you keep to what got you there, right. uh, just with a bigger distribution network, which monster would certainly bring to Oscar blues and, and, and Ellen brewing and, yada yada uh this yeah, this really I, isn't a bad acquisition no i i i just looked up i don't think i had anything from perrin brewing yeah perrin's the uh, the one that i went who yeah um let's see deep helium brewing company do i have anything from them no i don't i don't have anything from them either no check-ins from them yeah they're from dallas dallas texas hmm. Only two two things come from Texas, so. <laughs> well, there's there's Wasatch, and I know I had some Wasatch, but I can't remember what. Oh, there's two. Uh, Ghost Rider IPA and uh, <laughs> Polygamy Porter. All right. <laughs> Polygamy Porter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, are we talking about absinthe in the in the chat? Um, oh, yeah. There's there's some fun uh, there's some fun discussion about absinthe. Uh, absinthe has a history, and it's not one that anyone's told you. Uh, can, can I learn this secret? Not from a Jedi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So absinthe has a dirty name because it was called a hallucinogenic back in the 30s and 40s. Uh, do you know why it was called a hallucinogenic? It's because it's kind of wine-like in the way that it's produced, and it was infringing on the wine uh, sales and distribution, 
And so the winos, the wine producers of the world, uh, spread falsities about it being a hallucinogenic and people will literally like eat people's faces when they drink absinthe and crap like that. It's yep. wormwood. You know what else mm-hmm. is, is made of wormwood? Vermouth. Mm-hmm. This wormwood's not going to, not going to. Never. Well, I mean, maybe Winston Churchill after like three martinis, although to be fair, <laughs> Winston Churchill also said the proper amount of vermouth in a martini is to have the bottle stare angrily at my gin from across the bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but wormwood is not a hallucinogenic. There's nothing hallucinogenic about wormwood. There's wormwood in plenty of other spirits, most famously vermouth. Uh I have a bottle of absinthe on my shelf, and I haven't hardly oh, yeah. eaten anyone's face this year. Although yeah, it is yeah, only anyway. January. It's now nah, not that not. Not going to talk about last in year. the year. Yeah, only three faces. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, did you see the how to drink on absinthe? Uh, which one? Because I know early on he did an absinthe cocktail, which is essentially a sugar cube with absinthe in the bottom that you pour cold water over. And the sugar, when it hits the absinthe, activates the chlorophyll and some of the other biogenic ingredients in, or organic ingredients, biogenic, that sounds so wrong, uh, <laughs> yeah. organic ingredients in the absinthe reacts to it and creates this like green colored effect. Um, and is a fantastic drink by all, by all regard. Uh, I, I do like how absinthe tastes. It's kind of got that black licorice flavor to totally. it. It's, it's, I like it. Anyone ever had a Sazerac? It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. Right. That's why I have absinthe, because I like making Sazeracs, and I like making them as traditionally as possible. So I have a bottle of 110-proof absinthe on my shelf. (laughs) Wormwood is the key component in all level 5 spells in every magic-based game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's 2022. Hallucinogenics are making a comeback. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh... It's amazing how long those marketing tales that they board into people's oh, skulls yeah. stay around. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with, with uh, carrots help your eyesight type of a thing was, was British propaganda about why the, they could find the, uh, the German planes yeah. at night is because they didn't want the Germans to know they had radar technology. And they say, oh, well, we just eat a lot of carrots. It makes our eyesight good. Yeah. And then it became an old wives' tale that carrots make your eyesight good. Uh, So someone tried correcting me on my martini quote from Winston Churchill. Um, And they said, let me scroll back up to it. uh, Martini, gin, not vodka, obviously, stirred for 15 seconds whilst glancing at an unopened bottle of vermouth. Winston (laughs) Churchill's actual quote was, I would like to observe the vermouth from across the room while I drink my martini. And I've also heard it as stare angrily across the bar. So. (laughs) They all work good. Yes. However you have your martini, vermouth or stay the F away. Uh, Enjoy what you drink. I like a, I like a splash of vermouth. I like a splash. But I also like. I like a rinse. I also like my. I like a rinse. I like, I like, I like mine also dirty too. Uh, I do like a. Oh, I don't, I don't do dirty martinis. Oh, I like dirty martinis. You would. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I like a, a rinse of vermouth around the martini glass while uh-huh. you're, uh, so I chill the glass and then I dump yeah. it and then I rinse with vermouth and then I dump that and then it's gin. <laughs> gin. Yeah. <laughs> and there's my martini. No olives? You don't do any olives? I don't do any olives. Or, or co- 
cocktail onions, nope, nothing like that? Nope. I've done cocktail uh, onions before. Those are okay. Okay. Um, and uh, Some people don't like olives, and I, and I get that, but oh, I love olives. I don't I like olives, the garlic yeah. stuff. Oh, the garlic like, stuff. I'll, I'll accept olives as toppings on salads and pizzas and things like that. Right. It's, like, it's okay. Sandwiches, sure. Um, biting an olive out of a martini glass, not a fan. Well, you're not a big pickle fan either. Not so a big pickle fan, getting, yeah. Yeah, you got you got close to the pickle area. Yeah, you, when you come to olives. We're dangerously close to enemy territory <laughs> here. Yeah, <laughs> pickle pickle land borders on olive world. So yes, yeah. And as Skull says, a wild techno Tim appears with a five dollar donation. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Tim. Shout outs right back to you. Uh, if you guys like the network content that I do, uh, go check out Techno Tim. Uh, up and comer in the space uh just crossed seventy thousand subscribers if my memory serves correctly so uh if you like me you'll like him go uh go give him a look jim let anyone oh god you're talking to the two right people oh, here i love oh <laughs> gosh i love those oh man steve and i have had many a conversation over a couple gymlets oh yes and they're so simple and easy to make and they're absolutely delicious yeah. and it's pronounced gymlet by the way yeah, Jimlet. <laughs> I said Jimlet. I know. I'm just okay. making sure everyone else knows. <laughs> okay. I, there's some people call it Gimlet. Yeah. And like, that's, you know. It's, that's like GIF. That's what, it's the, wrong. <laughs> it's, okay. Whatever. GIF, <laughs> Jin. That's all I'm saying. GIF, Jin. If you got another word oh, to correct hey. me with, feel free. <laughs> I was... I was thinking. I was just saying. Okay, we 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 missed a, a super chat uh, from yeah from Freddie Westside. Oh. Five dollars. Uh, yellow spot Irish whiskey and drinking it right down the street from Matchless. Oh, so he's really close from to Matchless. How did I miss that? Well, I, hello, Freddie, and thank you. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Uh, Novella Hub wants to remind me of today's video sponsor, which happens to be. None other than, than Linode. Who else would be sponsoring Talking Heads? Linode. Today's video of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you ever, ever... Oh, gosh. Can I just start this over? Hold on. Go for it. Linode, Linode deserves my full attention. If you've ever wanted to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, who the hell wrote this? Why not let Linode have those them for you? <laughs> That'd be me. If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode right. also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit when signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing and a huge thanks to Linode for putting up with whatever this is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank and with you, a Mark. laptop, with a laptop or a tablet, you can enjoy Linode on the commode. <laughs> Steve, I kind of want them to keep sponsoring. <laughs> I'm just saying they're versatile. You can you can you can take them anywhere. 
Steve, they pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a you know green eggs and ham. Yeah. I will enjoy Linode in the come out. You... <laughs> I will enjoy it here or there. I will enjoy it everywhere. <laughs> Great. Now I have to write an entire green eggs and ham. <laughs> Well, Linode's, you know, their logo's all green. They got green. It kind of fits. This is, this is free marketing here. This yeah. is genius stuff. <sighs> you can reach you the cloud in, in a house. You can reach the cloud with a mouse. You can reach the cloud here or there. You can reach the cloud anywhere. <laughs> there you go. It writes itself. <laughs> I, I had I had the finishing line and then I lost it. Uh, I, you, you I do to, so love green because Linode green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Jeff, I am. <laughs> Jeff, I am. That's right. Gosh. Uh, don't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> People will love it. Now, what's funny is I read Green Eggs and Ham to my daughters all the time. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you should know it. <laughs> and I would eat them in the rain and in the dark and on a train. And I would eat them in the tree. They are so good, so good, you see. Like, I got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm all about the Linode Green Eggs and Ham. Like, that might become a thing. We'll <laughs> that could be a thing. All right. Hey, we'll have to we see. Uh, speaking of... InBev not ruining everything. InBev is supposedly turning into Willy Wonka by offering mm. a chance at a $1 million tour, uh, or sorry, a million dollar cash prize for finding the golden bottle. The golden oh, can. Uh, so apparently Budweiser has slipped some golden cans into select uh, cases of Budweiser. Now, these are 24-pack cans. There are 10,000 golden cans spread across the bit. country. Um, yeah, that's quite the 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 winning there. Uh, is it one can equals a million, or is this like one can equals a chance to win a million? That That's what I, yeah, I don't can't know. quite this understand. I don't really say. Yeah. Uh, because it says there are 10,000 cans. You've heard of Golden Chocolate Bar Ticket, but what about the Golden Beer Can? Uh, Live Like a King Sweepstakes, Anheuser-Busch, own beer company, put 10,000 golden cans of beer in 24 can packs of his signature beer distributed across the U.S., Oh, it says uh, on February twenty first, the company will announce a randomly selected of the ten thousand. Okay, of the, of the, of the yeah, of the ten thousand. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's one ten thousandth of one chance to win a okay. million dollars. Okay, but it, it also says as people can submit entries without finding beer cans, the you, odds of winning you have to say no purchase required, million. no purchase yeah. necessary, yeah. void where prohibited. Like yeah. I do understand some of the raffle aspect. Um, and again, I need well, to look into the to the legality of a of a GPU raffle aspect before I commit to <laughs> well, anything here or there. What they do, what they do say is that you anywhere. print out it, you can print out a golden sleeve or in a to, house to or wrap... with a mouse. <laughs> hey, with 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 a mouse, with a mouse. That's right. There you go. You can reach it with a mouse. You can reach it in your house. 
Like I said, it writes itself. It really does. <laughs> Thank you, Linode. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so anybody can make an entry. You just print out a sleeve, and then you have to wrap it around a can and then send the can in. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, are people really going to do that? I don't know. Hell, even I might do that. It's 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 like I don't know if you ever watched the uh, was it show Nathan for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where he did he was doing like this insanely big gas rebate, <laughs> but you could only you you had to fill out a form and there was only one mailbox where you could submit the form, and you had to hike all the way to the top of this mountain, <laughs> and that's where the mailbox was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've, I've done more for less that's for sure yeah that's, he actually he was like I, I think there was like six people who showed up to, yeah. to do it he's like oh you gotta you gotta show up at the at the base of this trail and then you know you bring your 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 rebate slip and we'll refund you <laughs> you gotta you gotta hike up with me to the top of the mountain <laughs> how do i get my refund well first you must go on a journey yeah yeah, that show was great. I'm, I was bummed that they canceled it. Yeah. I got like two seasons, I think. Uh, two or three seasons. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's finally get into our uh, title story. Yeah. Which is the Microsoft Vision Blizzthesda Game Studio, which is now <laughs> a thing. Uh, it's a big thing now. For those who didn't wake up yesterday and say, what the crap, uh, yep. yesterday morning at like 5.30 in the morning, it was announced that Microsoft will be acquiring in whole Activision Blizzard. Uh, yeah. And all subsidiaries, all studios, all IP, everything, all of it, 100% wholesale gone. Uh, if only I had an extra $69 billion laying around, I would have considered the same. Yeah. Um, although I'm looking at the current market value of Squaresoft going, you know, maybe I can get a seven and a half billion dollar loan. Like it might not be that bad. Right. It's a good investment. Yeah. Right. You could take, you could take a loan, go to the local, totally. local bank. They'll be like, Man, have you ever ran a game studio before? No, <laughs> yeah, no, it runs itself. It's fine. Right. Uh, so yeah, Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard, uh, for those living under a rock, that includes all of the properties below, including Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, I feel like I shouldn't have to mention Candy Crush and King Gaming, but it's in, like, yeah, the headline. Know. It's like, really? Well, they do make um, a lot of money because they're big mobile right. things, so... Uh, but that is Treyarch Software. That is Raven Studios. That is High Moon. Uh, like these are some big name studios. Uh, Raven Studios famously producing a lot of Lucas Arts games in in their heyday. oh yeah in the in their heyday yeah right. Back then. Uh, yeah. No, I have a I have a friend who just who just started working for Raven Software. Oh nice. Actually. Now a Microsoft employee. Yeah, I know. So I was gonna I was gonna text him the other day. It's like oh you're a Microsoft employee now, eh? <laughs> Yeah, does that come with access to the uh, employee gym, or like is that <laughs> I probably? What, like, what are the perks of being a Ravensoft employee? I I've never been to the studios. I have no idea. Yeah. You get all the uh, fried Raven you want. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Now I'm thinking World of Warcraft now on Game Pass. It could be. It could uh, be. Yeah, and could all be. of Sierra Game Studios. Now there's an IP library. Oh yeah. That hasn't been looked at in 20 years. <laughs> all those old King's Quest games. Yep. And... Will yeah. we finally get the Mask of Eternity reboot we deserve? No. <laughs> ain't going back to that. <laughs> oh, come on. I actually kind of like Mask of Eternity. It was kind of fun. I, I did. I, I played the yeah. crap out of Mask of Eternity because what other game was there at the time besides Ocarina of Time that was a full 3D role-playing action-adventure game? It's true. That's true. There was not another game. And so... I just... I just remember the draw distance on the thing was absolutely horrible. Horrendous, even for the day. Yeah, it was Like, really in 98, sad. I was going, could we extend this a little bit? Are there yeah. mods to... I, I thought no. I always thought it was just that they were trying to make it atmospheric and there's a lot of fog, but no, it was just the draw distance. The draw was distance was awful, horrible. and I'm like, well, maybe yeah. it's because I didn't have a 3D FX card, and so finally I, I got, like, a glide wrapper for it, and I went, oh, it's even worse with 3D FX. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm also wondering too if, if because a lot of Microsoft's games are being put on Steam, uh, if Battle.net's just going to go away and they're going to just throw everything on Steam. Hopefully. That would be nice. Oh. Yeah. I am... Th this is... It's difficult to say in this day and age and this climate. I've long been a Blizzard fan. Um, I mean, Steve, you and I have long stretching memories of Diablo 2. Oh yes. And oh, yes. StarCraft and World of Warcraft mm -hmm. and like like go mm -hmm. back like they put out some dynamite titles that I've sank oh, yeah. thousands of hours into. Oh yeah. Um I pre-ordered uh the Diablo 2 Resurrected pack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before all of the the allegations and misconduct and whatnot right. came out. Um, and I also pre-ordered at a time where they were promising that personal LAN servers would still be a thing. Right. And I went, I am Great. all about the LAN party. Let's do it. I am yeah. all about self-hosted LAN party. Let's totally do this. I want a license. Hell, I'll buy four because I want to have some friends over in my house playing, you know, my own personal Diablo world. Diablo. Like, that's yeah. what I want. All enclosed. Yeah. Then they canceled LAN. And I went, well, now I'm a little pissed. And then the misogynistic BS comes out and I went, well, now I don't even know if I can morally play this. Mm -hmm. uh, I had already pre-ordered it. It was too late to cancel the pre-order. I never logged into Battle.net. I just downloaded a cracked copy. And I have a oh. clear <laughs> conscience. Let me tell you that much. Um, oh, yeah. Like, they got their money, but I'm not giving them anything else. Uh, <laughs> hopefully... With some new leadership, with some new, uh, and, and and here's the difficult part about this, is the Diablo 2 remaster is a master class in how remasters should be. Um, it is 100% built on the original engine with all the modern features and graphical enhancements you could want, but the gameplay is 100% dependent on the original engine. Uh, so there's no everything everything that you loved and that feel every, and how it worked the feel is the gameplay the mechanics are 100% identical to what they were back then um and i mean 100 like they didn't even bug fix they they just went there's still some glitches in there oh yeah, yeah. but that's what a remaster should be it should be mm -hmm. we're making this game just for a modern platform 
So, you know, back then it was 800 by 600. Wow, that's that's a powerful <laughs> graphics card we need. Yeah. Well, now it's like 1080. Yeah, like let's 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 up this a little bit. Uh widescreen, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but there there's a button that you there's a hotkey in the Diablo 2 remaster that you can hit that you can switch off the new mode and go back to 800 by 600 in the screen that you're still looking at. Does it does it adjust the resolution back to eight. Oh yeah. It, it, oh yeah. It, it fades it down. And like, like your wide screen just kind of like fades away. And all of a sudden you're left with a four by three screen. That's 800 by 600 rendered Ooh. resolution cool. in all of its pixelated glory. And it's exactly as I remember it. And, oh, yeah. and as someone who recently reinstalled Diablo two on period, correct hardware, let me tell you the gameplay is identical. Mm. Uh, like, a to B direct comparison, it's the same game. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for the development team, the game team, the the graphics team at Blizzard, at Activision. Not so much respect for their leadership. Yeah. Or their company, or their moral foundings, or whatever else. So... So in this in this case, Microsoft's kind of step up in your eyes. I mean, good guy. Mike, look, I've been saying I've been <laughs> on the good guy Microsoft train since like 2017, when when Nadella came on board as CEO, and he started introducing not only open source into Microsoft oh, yeah. OSs, but also saying like .NET. Why isn't this on Linux? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that thing's great. .NET is is right. a perfect perfect example of going through uh let's let's make this more widely available to everybody and everything right and yeah. and let's make sure that powershell has proper documentation oh and by the way you can also use powershell in linux you can Ooh. also do this you can also do that like the the good guy microsoft moves that used to be seen as the uh absorb abolish you know whatever the there was the three letter acronym for uh, acquire absorb abolish yeah. uh i think is what it was it was something along those lines that microsoft would buy out a company they or or they would make a product that was better than the company they were competing with and then make sure that they were the standard and then they would say oh we're also going to implement three features that this other company has no chance in hell of doing so they're just going to die yeah. And that and that was the philosophy. Or they would acquire a company and then just kill them. Yeah. Uh, cut cutthroat cutthroat. Microsoft's been acquiring, but they haven't been following through on the other two steps. And I've been saying this for almost no. four years now. Like this is episode two nineteen. I've got some track record behind me of saying <laughs> Microsoft's not doing that anymore. Yeah, I'm 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 not quite to the point of saying good guy Microsoft, but I'm also saying Microsoft has turned a new leaf and they're not doing what they did in the 90s. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, even... Embrace, Mojang, when they, extend, when they, extinguish. There it is. Yeah. They, 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 they took, when they took Mojang, you know, they thought a lot of people were thinking they're going to kill the Java version. They're not going to... Right. You know, because Java, Java has version, never been better. Yeah. Oh, yeah they, they, I... they still have, they still have the Java version of Minecraft. Sorry. Uh, I mean, even even though the, the I, I feel dirty. Uh, <laughs> even what the foundation the foundation edition is one that comes with um, Windows, right? I think so. Yeah, that's the one that they monetized, and they could totally make more money if they kill off the Java version. Mm-hmm. But they don't. 
they still support it and they still right. keep updating it. Right. Microsoft, when they initially took over Mojang, uh, which, by the way, they killed uh, OX10C, which I was totally looking forward to, uh, <laughs> which was uh, Notch's Minecraft in space yes, in, yeah. ad- adventure with like programming built into it. Like programming is a required skill for fl- for piloting spaceships and you had to know <laughs> basic networking mechanics to operate your space like your oh spaceship. i wanted that so bad <laughs> i'm still pissed about that um anyway uh yeah when microsoft took over uh mojang studios and they introduced bedrock uh as their windows 10 yeah. minecraft platform they went wow there goes the modding community. There goes the texture yeah. pack community. There goes everything that made Minecraft so good. Great. Yeah. Instead, Microsoft has continued to match feature for feature and continue upgrading the Java version because that's where their user base is. Yeah. And so, yeah, they tried to use it as a launching point for Windows 10. And when that failed, they went, screw it. Let's keep supporting Minecraft instead yeah. of just killing this IP outright. And where Minecraft started to have a little bit of a lull in 2015, 2016, it's done nothing but accelerate since Microsoft took it over. Yeah, it's exploded now. It has its second second, uh, win right now, basically. I don't think it's ever been more popular than it is today. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, Microsoft took and made it bigger. Right. so this is not the Microsoft of old, and I don't think anything but good can come to those properties, to StarCraft, Warcraft, Diablo. Don't you guys have phones? Like, Yeah, that crap. <laughs> if I could never hear that phrase again, that'd be fantastic. That would be great. Like, yeah. if, if we could stop trying to pander and, and try to just weed out the 1% whales to, to milk for, for profit, and instead... Oh, yeah invest in a community that cares deeply about gaming and get back to that as a fun as a foundation of our company yeah. oh yeah while still making a profit like yeah well, i don't course. begrudge anyone they're not that. they're not they're not a charity but put out a good product right you know? but put out a good product and you and you'll sell it i guarantee it oh yeah be the good guy and people will support you i know it's freaking weird <laughs> Yeah, I was like reading an article about what other potential IPs that they have. Um, they also the entire have, Sierra uh, library intrigues well, yeah, me the, to no end. The, they have Tony Tony Hawk is is yeah. going to be part of that. Was Spyro part of is part of that. Yep. Crash Bandicoot yep. is part of that. Yep. Goldeneye even. Yeah. Is part of Goldeneye's that. back home. <laughs> That's right. That has been an IP that has been through so many hands and had so many fingers oh, into yeah. it, and then all those fingers yeah. were ripped off one by one, and all of There's a sudden, so many, so many home homemade uh, projects and and remasters and all kinds of things. I think I can count like maybe three uh, remastered uh, GoldenEye things that were just like projects that people had wanted to take on. I'm sorry, the porn bots are just making me crack up right now. <laughs> Is there porn bots? There's a couple porn bots that just hit. And uh, Love Face, hey, I'm waiting you on 18 plus stream. <laughs> Must have missed that one. Love Face XYZ, I'm waiting you on 18 plus stream. Oh, is that on the. That's the message. The, uh... Oh, wait, there it is. I see it. Yeah. It was hidden. <laughs> We're two syllables away from me love you long time. Like, yeah. Gosh. 
anyway. Yeah, I, I am so looking forward to what Microsoft does with some of these IPs. Uh, yeah, now, this deal will not close until mid-2023. And uh, Bobby Kotick will stay on until that point, at which point he has been pretty much informed that you will be stepping down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love That's how cool. last week... Uh, Microsoft and Sony both released statements saying we're reevaluating our partnership with uh, with Activision Blizzard at this time. Yeah. And Sony went, yeah, we're gonna start distancing ourselves from them. Microsoft went, we're gonna buy them. Buy you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the scratch. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's come walking into the office with a tape measure. Uh, let's see. Let's tear down this wall. <laughs> that color is definitely going to have to change. Yeah, we got to get rid of that. Let's see. Yeah, the Kool Aid we'll Fountain goes over there. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get the Margarita Fountain. Yes. All right. I stalled it as long as I possibly could. Oh yeah. There's 15 minutes left in the show. Let's talk some Star Trek. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so first off and foremost, some some business keeping, as it were. Uh, there have been some announcements as far as some existing IPs and some new coming IPs in the franchise. Uh, starting with the Star Trek Discovery was renewed for a full season five. Uh, Star Trek Picard has a release date for season two of March 3rd. So just over five weeks away. And... Uh, Brave New Worlds, which is the Strange New, New Worlds. Strange New Worlds, excuse me. Strange New Worlds, yeah. Uh, Strange New Worlds has a re- has a release date of May the fifth, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. So you get to you get to pour some tequila and watch Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Which I, of all the episodes from Discovery, Alex Jones I, says I, Star Wars, Star Wars. There's people chant. We'll get to Star Wars. I'm going to tie that up in the next story. Okay. Yeah. Everyone chill. We're gonna do both. What? Um, but the but the ones with Captain Pike where they had the one-off uh, episode where it was a, an episodic episode it didn't have anything to do with the overarching storyline. I liked that one. Yeah, because it felt like original Star Trek. Felt like it should. It felt like it should. Right. <laughs> what bums me out so much is this leads perfectly into the next story. Let's, let's just start yeah. with that. Um, okay. I'll start with, uh, this has been a rumor for a long time, but this is a new evolution of that rumor in that Quentin Tarantino is in talks with Paramount to produce a Star Trek TV series, likely oh, yeah. for Paramount+. Plus. Um, the reason this intrigues me is Tarantino is a vocal supporter of Star Trek. He has said- yes, he's a- I love Star Trek. I love all of the Star Treks. I don't just love the original. I love TNG. I love DS9. I love Voyager. I love Enterprise. Discovery's okay. Uh, (laughs) um, But I love Star Trek and I want to do something with it. Like, I think I can bring value to your franchise. Um, And to me, when someone who is passionate about a franchise gets involved, that's when good things happen. When someone in a suit gets given a franchise and says, here, you drive the ship. Yeah. We get some questionable decisions. 
you get committee trek. Right, you get trek by committee as what do the fans yeah. really want? And right. and how will that appeal to to 2022 audiences? You get you get you get a sci-fi show in a in a Star Trek skin. You suit. get Star Trek you get. <laughs> Discovery referencing sequel vulnerabilities. Yeah. And yes, that actually happened. Yeah. Like the CSI writers got a hold of Star Trek. Shockingly enough, it was CBS. Um <laughs> And and so it it becomes this diluted action fest where you can't explore strange new worlds. You can't throw anything new at the audience because the audience doesn't want anything new. They want to be coddled and comfortable and and just told a predictable story like they've been told in every freaking action sitcom since twenty four. Uh, whereas someone like Quentin Tarantino. Or someone like Seth MacFarlane trying to get a studio to back them to make a Star Trek. Yeah. That is nothing but great news for Star Trek. Of course. Especially um, fans. Something like John Favreau getting access oh, yeah. to do Mandalorian. The best that Star Wars huge... that's been done since, a long time. since the original Mandal- trilogy. I would say, and, and you could also you could say since Rogue One. Let's just say since Rogue yeah. One. Since Rogue One. That since was since yeah. since people who respected the franchise, loved what it was, was passionate about the storytelling, mm-hmm. and wanted to carry on that tradition and not just make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And while making money is always the end goal, you know when the passion's not there. You, you right. absolutely know it. And so, I'm going to tie in the the Star Wars. You know, let let's talk Boba Fett. Let's talk Mandalorian. Let's talk Solo. Let's talk, let's talk the the sequel trilogy, and let's talk Picard versus Discovery versus Tarantino's vision of the universe. Like, let's tie all of this together with one nice bow. Um, I think Star Trek Picard is more of a passion project than Star Trek Discovery. I think Star Trek Discovery yes. is a let's continue using the IP, but let's try to get mass adoption. Right. That's what it seems like to me. Like I said, it seems like a sci-fi with a Star Trek skin suit. Right. Right. They they skin Star Trek and they just slapped it on a sci-fi show. My wife has been watching Scorpion, God rest her soul. Oh God. <laughs> lately. Really? She's been she's been on a Scorpion binge and yes, we're still uh-huh. married. Uh <laughs> but every time I walk in the room, I I lose like seven brain cells. <laughs> because oh, yeah. of the other day she was watching an episode where they were trying to prevent a dam from bursting. Uh-huh. It's like, that's not the job you put the IT staff on. Usually that's what I do. For <laughs> sake. Like, I, as an IT guy, I've been involved in projects that will be on IT. But I wasn't the project lead. Yeah. For God's <laughs> sakes. You were, you were probably there to like, oh, we have Nor this was I all that glamorous part. in my role. <laughs> like people weren't shooting at you no i didn't even have to leave my desk like like the it involvement was me phoning into an interview from my cubicle <laughs> occasionally doing an in-person meeting where i had seven minutes to to like go over my concerns for the project like that's yeah that was 
that was I the mean, itinerary for that four-hour <laughs> endeavor. Rem- remoting into a server and fixing something isn't exactly the most exciting thing to film. Right. So, I mean, I mean. Um, never once did I have to drive a Bugatti behind a 747 because Wi-Fi is not a thing in this universe <laughs> and dangle an Ethernet cable out and <laughs> oh, hold yeah. on, the 747 has to take off again, so we have to jet up the engines. <laughs> oh, the Bugatti can't go that fast. Bullshit, the Bugatti can't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was that was horrible you I, see my was, problems I, I i that was that was the one and only episode of that show i watched right as soon as i saw that scene i'm like i'm out i'm out right i'm out I'm i done. can't even check That's my brain at the door because you're not even paying me the respect i deserve I feel like at least fast and furious i know that those are ridiculous and they're made to be ridiculous and they play to the audience to be ridiculous but they're also not selling and but and they're not yeah here, here's but, the here's the dichotomy <laughs> is they're not selling Scorpion to the IT crowd. No. They're not selling Fast and Furious to the car crowd. No. It's to the average, you know, casual moviegoer. And if that's as deep as you get, fine. I'll say fine. But you're not going to get the diehard fans. No. Because you're not passionate about it. You're not respecting the source material. Uh, and... You know, we talked uh, with Rhett a couple of weeks ago about what is Star Trek canon and expanded universe and, and what do we mm-hmm. think. And and I said then, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And, oh, yeah. and to wrap this back up with a nice pretty bow from the beginning of this episode, uh, you, you've got people who say, I'm never going to watch the Book of Boba Fett because those weren't swoops. Those were glorified painted Vespas. yeah if that's the problem you have with that episode then you weren't watching that episode you weren't watching uh the fact that uh timothy olfant uh of hitman and uh live live free or die hard and justified fame uh played a sheriff in mandalorian armor like hot damn that was a fantastic role by him Oh yeah, I that love that. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you don't care that Danny Trejo, of course, is a Rancor, Rancor. trainer. Oh yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, yes, perfect casting. Because right of there. course he is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you you have the entire production staff, and and admittedly slightly lower budget than what Mandalorian is getting. The Book of Boba Fett is is a sub tier production to Mandalorian. It is. But it's still entertaining. But it's still telling a damn good story. Yeah. And and three episodes in, I'm going to watch the fourth when I go upstairs tonight because the fourth dropped this morning and I didn't know it. Uh, They did? I have to go check it out. Yeah, episode four is live, (laughs) right? Yeah. Chapter four is up. Um, it, it It is so disheartening when Star Wars fans just crap on the smallest of details. Mm hmm. It's it's the old corporate, you know, tripping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Yeah, I I don't mind the the like those small details. Like, okay, yes, it was kind of silly. The the scooter. There's a massive had. hot plot hole because Blue Jeans <laughs> guy wasn't reintroduced as the one who introduced That's, the. That wasn't even a plot hole. It's, it was even it was just a, a silly design choice. But yeah, there's a lot of silly design choices in a lot of mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff uh that's that's not i think what really bothers at least hardcore fans anyway is uh you know especially with some of the 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 sequels 
the character development and and the, the nonsensical story and how it yeah exa exactly here, yeah, here's like, here's the overriding problem with the sequels it's not that individually as a casual fan going for a ride they were bad movies and i know that's going to piss off the star wars fans but anything i say here is going to piss off the star wars fans <laughs> it's not that looking at them individually they were bad movies i think as a whole they told pretty decent stories. The problem is they didn't respect the source material. They didn't respect yeah. where they'd come from. They didn't know where they came from. They didn't know where they were going. No, they when definitely they didn't know them. where they were going. Uh, you had two different directors with three very different directions as far as what where they wanted mm -hmm. to go because, uh, gosh, you had J.J. Abrams for one or for yeah. two of them, and you had what's-his-name-in-the-middle. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson. Right, Ryan Johnson, thank you. Um, yeah, J.J. Abrams, who had always wanted to direct Star Wars, but had to do Star Trek instead, speaking of someone who's not necessarily passionate about the source material. Uh, you know, yeah, 2009, you did a good job at rebooting the series, but then you said, F it, with two and three, and just rammed us right back into yeah. the two worst Star Trek movies of all time. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, at least they didn't rehash Search for Spock. At least it was just like, you're dead. Yes, oh, you're alive again. Cool. We skipped yeah, three yeah, whole yeah. movies. Excellent. <laughs> hey, you know what? Though? Voyage the Home was the Spock, best. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Voyage Home was the best. Yeah. But seeing Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon was pretty cool. It was pretty Come cool. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, speaking of someone who doesn't respect the source material, when J.B.J. Abrams got his hooks into Star Trek, which he was passionate about, he did a pretty decent job with it. I, did, I yeah. will say The Very Force Awakens, solid movie. The problem I mean, yes, is, it, Disney, it, the parent company, started counting zeros and ones and said, you know what, we want a little bit more out of this, or we want to give another director a shot, or whatever the effing reason may be. They gave Rian Johnson the, the reins and they said, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And he goes, well, I, I don't agree with anything that JJ did. And, and I want to put my own mark on this. So I'm going right. to do, I'm going to take everything that he set up and I'm just going to like cast it into the effing wind and go a completely different direction. That makes absolutely no sense. No sense whatsoever. Yeah. And then they gave it back to JJ and JJ did the same thing for episode nine that, ryan did for episode eight he goes well f what that guy did i want to take it back the other way but i'm also not going to follow the stuff that i set up in episode seven yeah like there and you no, wonder yeah, why no it's archetype. disjointed yeah and people don't like it yeah i think Where, john favreau with with the mandalorian there's a big overarching story good characters good character development mm -hmm. having even even the trademark marketable cute character yeah that even kids love yeah right that's that's like that's like quintessential star wars um right yeah it's 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 just it's perfect it's like exactly what star wars needed it needed that shot in the arm it really did uh <laughs> and and you can go back to passion projects rogue one yeah there was not a better star wars movie since the original trilogy or a better star wars project and yes i'm even right. including the clone wars in that yeah. than rogue one because and the, and the, because Rogue the One, about, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, the good thing about Rogue One is is how to get people excited about it because they knew what the premise was, they knew it was happening, mm -hmm. and they already knew it was going to happen at the end. How do you make that exciting? How do you make that good? And I think that they did an excellent job at doing that. Uh, it filled in a gap 
that fans already knew about but didn't know the full story right. of and it was compelling enough and and uh well done enough that it was a good star wars movie yeah the the cool thing about rogue one is i know how it ends yeah i know that many bothans died to bring us died these plans yes yep i know that there was great sacrifice by the rebellion and a couple uh, a few individuals who stepped up and and got us these plans so we have this one chance to save our society what i didn't know through the entire ride of War, of rogue one was who was going to live and who was going to die and right. what the individual storylines were and who the heroes of that that thing were and and everything else and as it turns out i didn't need to worry about who lived or who died because they didn't care and they killed everyone yeah and i love that about it because it told a compelling story because the people who wrote it were passionate about it and stuck to the original source material and respected yeah. it and told a good story with it. And love it or hate it, Star Trek Picard is 10 times the Star Trek that Discovery ever dreamed of being because I yeah. feel it's more passionate. I feel it's more mm -hmm. respectful and and draws more on the source material than Discovery ever hoped of doing. Uh Discovery draws more on CSI and, and NCIS than it ever hoped of drawing on <laughs> DS9 and Voyager. Right, uh, exactly. So, and it shows. And while I have my qualms about Star Trek Picard. I do too. It is better than Discovery though. I it is. Say that. It's watchable. Yeah. While I it will is. say it should have been seven episodes instead of ten. And there were a couple storylines that shouldn't have been followed and a couple things yeah. that I'd like to see better. I also didn't write it. I'm not the, the bankroller on this. Mm -hmm. And and I still enjoyed it for the product that we got. Mm -hmm. I can't say that about Discovery. I can't say that about the sequel trilogy. Yep. I can definitely say it about Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So, if you want to make money... It's as simple as not forgetting your fan base and being true to your subject matter. Yeah, I was just actually And putting people who are actually passionate about things into positions where they can make informed decisions about the medium that you're trying to present. My my wife was extremely ecstatic when she found out they were making a Wheel of Time series because that was that is mm -hmm. her absolute favorite book series. Yeah. And about 3 episodes in she absolutely hated it mm -hmm. because they totally crapped on the source material. They took it in a completely different direction. They uh, started crapping on the characters that she loved in the book. Yep. And absolutely hated it. And then we've been watching uh, The Witcher, the season two of The Witcher. She doesn't know anything about The Witcher, but she likes it. Yep. Because it's a much better, well-written, uh, uh, and and uh, well-done, and, and more close to the source material that the fans are looking for. Right. And so... Yeah, just just do that. Just just do what the fans want. Not second guessing or I'm going to make it my own or I'm going to do this. That's not what people want. The people don't want a rehashing of the original material either. They want right. That's why I think that's why that's why Mandalorian is such a great vehicle for it because it takes place in the Star Wars universe, and it feel but it feels like completely separate outside of like the skywalker saga right um i mean i know there's crossroads with the skywalker saga of course of course and people love those towards the those, end those elements um, yeah but 
for 18 episodes, you had no idea that that's where no, it was nothing. going. You knew you knew yeah. that the child was someone of some importance. Obviously, yeah. you know, if you've mm-hmm. spent any time around Star Wars, you know what that alien is and what powers yeah. he possesses. Um, but we got to explore a whole other side in the Mandalorians, in the true original practicing Mandalorians, Yes. That was never explored. All we knew in Star Wars lore was that the Mandalorians were a great race of warriors. Yeah. Cool. That was it. Yeah. Now we know why. Yeah. Now we know who. Now we know what tools. Now we know that it's a religion. Now we yeah. know that it's this, that it's that. And we explored that in all of its facets. And it's wonderful. And again... If you're going to explore the source material or expand on the source material, Book of Boba Fett's a great way to do it. Um, I like that they're taking the expanded universe approach that Boba Fett didn't die in the Pit of Sarlacc because that's a pretty unceremonious death for such a grandiose character. And that, yeah, he escaped. And he got the crap kicked out of him. And then he escaped. And you know what? He got the crap kicked out of him again. And... And then all of a sudden he's making something of himself because he's a fantastic character and he meets some other fantastic characters along the way. Uh, Not to spoil anything, but there's a little Mandalorian crossroads that happens in episode four, supposedly. Oh, Oh, is there really in four? Uh, With enough money, you can buy some muscle. You just have to know where to look. And then the Mandalorian theme hits. Is all I've heard. Oh. <laughs> like I've already seen the memes for it, and oh, is and, it really? and, okay. and so uh, like we need some muscle. Well, you can credits can buy muscle. You just have to 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 know where to look. And then it goes like I've already seen the memes. I know what's coming, and I still have goosebumps. Like it's good. Okay, okay, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, I think there's, I, I, I've been waiting for the Book of Boba Fett for them to explain how he gets his armor back because we see it being stripped by the Jawas and then we see, right. you know, Mr. Hitman, uh, Agent 47 wearing the Mandalorian armor. Right. Uh, and, uh, which love him or hate him. I think Timothy Olfan did a fantastic Agent 47. Uh, but uh, I went, well, how did it get from Timothy to Boba Fett and restored and like, when are they going to tell that story? Because they've right. they've been telling two different tales the entire time. Armor. And yeah. I kind of want to, how did you get it back? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Wait, well, I think maybe Timothy Oliphant's going to make another guest appearance. And uh, hopefully. Uh, hopefully he said, I hope our cross pass again. And, and you know, they said, I hope they do too. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I'm totally on board for that. But, uh, but we know Mando, packed up uh, Boba Fett's armor and rode off into the sunset. Well, Boba Fett got that armor back. So we should have seen that as a foreshadowing in, you know, what was that? Episode two, episode one of season two. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think it was, yeah, it was episode one. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. That was the first one. Yeah. yeah. I'm on, I'm on f- five right now of season two. I haven't finished season two yet. Um, but uh Anyway, circling back to the Quentin Tarantino wants to do Star Trek. I fully support it because he's advocating for it. Just like Seth MacFarlane advocated to make Star Trek, he wanted to do his own Mm -hmm. Star Trek series. And people went, you new family guy. Who wants to see that from you? 
And then he goes, well, screw you. I'll make my own Star Trek with Blackjack and Hookers and turn out the Orville. And it was a better Star Trek than Star Trek oh, Discovery yeah. ever dreamed of being. Oh, definitely was. I still am looking for, for the or- Orville to come back right, on. for season uh, three. Hulu. Right. Yeah, Hulu. Yeah. And yeah. if you give someone a project that they're passionate about, chances are they're going to make a good product because they know the source material better than you. They will respect the source material and they'll write something that's more appropriate for the fan base than you could ever dream of. Give yeah, Quentin Tarantino definitely. a Star Trek. I, I, I can't wait because, you know, he is just the best at character dialogue and conversation. I don't know how he's going to slip his certain language. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, like I've always I, I don't know what the series is going to be. But I want Samuel L. Jackson I, I would... to both do Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> I would like. I to want see... him to have a phaser that says bad McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a, a story outside of the Federation in the Star Trek universe hmm. where you can do more stuff like that. And you could do a lot of, and, and you could still have interactions with the Federation, or, of course. Right. Right. Uh, but I, I want to see Seven of Nine and the Raiders. I want to see the, the. That wouldn't be too bad. I want to yeah. see the Maquis Rebellion. I, wa- I want to mm-hmm. see uh, the Maquis versus Cardassians on the, on the front lines. I want to see the Bajoran occupation. I want. I want to see the Battle of Kronos with Romulus. I want to, like, there is so much good material. That yeah. I want to see the Ferengi Empire rise. Like, <laughs> like there is so much there that oh, you could explore. I, I think I noticed that on one of the last uh, Discovery episodes, like in the Federation, and there's a council, and there was a Ferengi in there. Right. Didn't, didn't have any lines or anything like that. It was like, okay, they're still around. Still around. I'm not doing anything with them, right, but they're right, still around. Right. It's it's like I I want to explore what the hell ET's race was doing in Phantom Menace like <laughs> oh, yeah. like tell me that storyline I I don't need to know about the Jedi <laughs> I want to know what the hell his planet does yeah. in the Trade Federation because <laughs> that's they, they, that's an intriguing story in its own and if you respect they're, they're, the source material you'll get good stuff out of it they just import export Reese's peanut butters Reese's pieces. <laughs> <laughs> diabetes (laughs) that's where it came from yeah wasn't a thing until 1982 yeah it didn't yes et brought it uh all right that was a fun episode that was fun that was i do like these discussions at the end yeah that was the best part yep if you like this discussion, if you like this episode and you want to keep the conversation going, uh, think about joining the after party and you can only do that by joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rest, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads and mm-hmm. hit me up on video chat uh, every Wednesday night after the show, right around 10.30 Pacific time. I'm usually on there for an hour or two. Uh, and you can also talk to me throughout the week. Uh, we have so many channels and conversations star trek to star wars to canon to to music to which metal band is the best to we have a 3d printing channel we have a makerspace we have engineering and communications for networking and hardware and servers and all the things that you see on this channel to to foodie and buy sell trade like yeah it's a great place to be it really is always something fun to watch yes or look at and talk about to, to take part in. 
to take part in. Yes. There you go. There's going to be a subject in it's there. It's all about those marketing terms, like. Steve. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got to get that engagement. Got to get that engagement going. That's right. Anyway, uh, follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing for daily shenanigans. Follow Steve on Twitter if you dare to find him. You can find me. <laughs> if you can find him. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're interested in the beer content that we do on this channel, you can find both Steve and I over on Hops and Brews occasionally. Uh, link mm-hmm. is down in the video description. Subscribe to that channel. Uh, most recently, Steve and I did a Tasting the Strongest Beer in the World. Beer, beer. I would say. But yes, it was fun. That was a good video. Screw the haters. Good. It's a beer. It's a beer. It's a beer. They call it a beer. What am I to say? What they? What's your favorite beer? It's a beer. It's a beer. Uh, the one that goes down my throat. Yeah, it was seventy-five percent, uh, and <laughs> Steve hated it. I quite liked it. I, I did not like it. It was. <laughs> I would. I would rather take rocket fuel. It was pretty bad. I, I actually went back to Johnson, tried it a second time. Oh, did you? I did just because you know I want to make sure. I want to make sure. I, make sure I, I, I really hate hated it the first time. I don't want to hate for no reason. I'll, I give everything a second chance. You know what? I respect that about you, Steve. <laughs> I don't want to hate for no I, reason. I I, I I still didn't like it. It's it's not good. <laughs> I actually got some uh, some nice flavors out of it. So you could you could go back and try some more. John still has. I'm them. sure I he does. He's, ever, he's not going to get rid of that thing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for whatever this was. And check out our video sponsor, Linode, because they are a fantastic supporter of the channel and help keep this show coming to you. So linode.com slash craft computing. Get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. And get your cloud started today. And that'll do it. Not everybody. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you next.